1: I have advocated for victims' rights. I've advocated for the wrongfully incarcerated. Uh, I have an understanding of our criminal justice system, our tax system, our civil system. Uh, I believe I'm much better satisfied and suited for this office than either one of the three candidates that are running
0: everybody i'm fran spielman and with me is an old friend from the city council days former alderman bob fioretti who is now a perennial candidate for almost every office we've seen you ran twice for alderman and you were re-elected twice Uh, you were remapped out of the city council and then you ran twice for mayor and then you ran for county board and here you are running for state's attorney against kim Fox, one of the three challengers why all these offices? Why can't you stop running for office?
1: Well, first of all, Fran, uh, I've lost four elections. I've won four elections. You know, no matter what, I've run for the elections, as you've said. But quite frankly, the Democratic Party, the corrupt machine, has always doubled down against me. They do not want an independent voice. And I'm not a perennial candidate. I'm fighting for the people of Cook County. I fight for the people of this city. Uh, they need clear, decisive leadership, and I can provide that. Look, when they... Remap me completely out of my ward. Uh, You know that that was a sign. You know they spread misinformation to developers. You know, I did not take, I I gave back $100,000 in my first year to developers who wanted to influence me. Uh, The administration spread uh, uh, misrepresentations that I was anti-developer. I want good, clean development for our people. At the same time, uh, whatever I would say, they would attack me. They went after my contributors. I know that for a fact. Uh, and they, you know, resisted. And who is giving this?
0: They who? They. Well,
1: the administrations Ram that were Emanuel. in place. Rahm Emanuel. Rahm
0: Emanuel, who you turned around and endorsed.
1: Well, yes, I did. because Why? A, No, because it was a, a choice of somebody who could deal with the situation. And the situation was our financial precarious positions for the city of Chicago. And at that time I made the decision, and it was very difficult on who would be better. You know, I'm glad Chewy's in Congress. That's where he should be. Uh, And he'll be a good congressman for the city of Chicago. Hopefully he can bring back uh, enough resources to help solve some of the problems that we have in our city. But fiscally he did not have an understanding of what was going on.
0: But it made you look sort of unprincipled mm. here was this mayor who you had blamed for being behi- the heavy hand behind everything and getting you out of the council and then you turn around and you endorse him and he retires your debt
1: no he did not he helped that is an absolute lie that was spread by people that wanted me to endorse it he said that he was when, going
0: to when, well, when you well um,
1: as soon as he gives me a penny i'll tell you
0: Oh, so he never did.
1: He told reporters that he would. I know he did. I know he did. I was in shock. I was in absolute shock when he said that. I mean, and he's, and and that persistent rumor has gone through my career. And I would, you know, I look back and I'm thankful that he didn't do that. Uh, it would have been a, a sellout. I, if I would have done that, I probably would not be running for any office. Uh, I mean, the Democratic Party, which is a corrupt machine, has consistently spread rumors, lies, and uh, uh, misinformation about me. Not only have they doubled down on what they do, they, they have tripled their resources often against me. And so I sit here today fighting for the real working class people of this city, people that are disenfranchised, people for the seniors that that have nowhere to go, those that have been systematically discriminated against by our society. I can listen to these so-called progressives that are in this race, and they have no knowledge of what they're talking about.
0: Your strongest race was your last one before this one, the race against County Board President Tony Preckwinkle, which frankly, to me, exposed early her vulnerabilities. You got almost 40% of the vote in that race. But here you are turning around and and running for state's attorney. Right away after that, why is this the race that you really, really want and belong in and, and deserve?
1: Because I'm an attorney, first of all. I've listened to the candidates. Uh, People approach me about this race. I have a full understanding as a a defense attorney, a civil rights attorney. I've done probably every type of case that's in the system. Uh, I have advocated for victims' rights. I've advocated for the wrongfully incarcerated. Uh, I have an understanding of our criminal justice system, our tax system, our civil system. Uh, I believe I'm much better satisfied and suited for this office than either one of the three candidates that are running. Uh, Unfortunately, Kim Fox has an issue of integrity, transparency, accountability with the Jesse Smollett case. Uh, Young Bill Conway, I don't know if I can believe anything that comes out of his mouth. Uh, Why not? Well, I think he's controlled by the Republican Party, a Republican father. A, can you imagine that if your dad wrote you an $8 million check for this office, what, I mean, there is no doubt that his father has other aims and other positions for him. At the same time... What,
0: what do you think his father has in mind?
1: Uh, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But spending $8 million for this office on what he's going to do? I mean, let's face facts. This is a, a, an important office uh, the crime in our streets, the murder that goes on, uh, the violent criminals that are being released on a catch-and-release and basis here. At the same time, I've had a number of, of the cases. Last night I was at a forum, and I, I, one of the other candidates were speaking about the forfeiture system. They had no idea what the forfeiture system was. Uh, and then we have Donna Moore in this race. Uh, Her husband was a uh, chief political strategist for who? Governor Rauner, Uh, the person who wants to take away working-class people's pensions. We have to think about what we're doing here and who's there. I'm the only Democratic alternative that is in this race. We have two Republicans. We have Kim Fox, who has questions on her judgment, on how she handled the case, and if it's on that case, I wonder what she does on many of the other cases.
0: All right, so let's talk about the Jesse Smollett case and the reindictment by Dan Webb. In the last week, Kim Fox is fighting back by using and demonstrating the endorsements of a lot of presidential candidates: Kamala Harris, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, Mayor Lightfoot. Uh, Governor Pritzker, she, she's got money now coming in from a George Soros pack. She's trying to everybody's trying to rally around her and save her. Why should any of this not matter?
1: Well, I, first of all, I, I think this is a defining moment for her. She took a phone call from a very important Democrat. Uh, he morning. the Tina White Chin. House
0: Chief of Staff, uh, the White House First Lady's Chief of Staff, uh, Michelle Obama's Chief of Staff, and you're talking about during the Smollett case.
1: Right. And that directed how this investigation would go. She made all the uh, choices from that point on. Uh, there was what do you subsequent think Tina
0: calls. Chen said, and what do you think she asked for, and what do you think happened?
1: Well, we have to think about what was happening at that time. Jesse Smollett went on, had a national interview, I believe it was with ABC, Robin Roberts, uh, almost 16 minutes where he was crying, talking about how he was attacked, and it was all a lie. And then we have the head of the Democratic Party denouncing what happened here in Chicago. We have the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, condemning what happened. We had two or three, and the pres-
0: president, the president, tweeted about and, it,
1: and didn't? two or three presidential candidates on the Democratic side, all all were condemning what was happening here, and everybody believed it. I I'm waiting for their apologies.
0: Yeah, to where, the did, people where did Chicago go to get its reputation back? We looked like the hate capital of the world,
1: right? And then. We have the state's attorney. What did she do? She recused herself, I, with my fingers up in quotes. But then it turned out to be the colloquial recusal. She lied to the public. She, she, You can't
0: recuse yourself without recusing the office. Right. She should have turned it over to the attorney general, to a special prosecutor, right? I,
1: immediately. Immediately. And then I think it exposed the flaws that if you're... Somebody who already and what's happening out there, it's I'm hearing the narrative black and brown versus white, Uh, often and more times than not. In every one of these debates, it comes up. And what they were talking about here is that if you were black, you now find out that you the system is even rigged against you uh, if you can't afford a lawyer, if you're not rich or you're famous, only the rich and famous. African-Americans can get a break in this system. That destroyed any hope, any belief in the criminal justice system of Cook County by what she did.
0: What do you think Tina Chen asked for? And do you think her call was the only call?
1: Well, let me, call. Uh, I'm going to look in the crystal ball on that. I think Dan Webb's uh, continuing investigation on that. They're finding out more and more. I don't know if Tina Chen uh, appeared before the grand jury in this matter, uh, but that will all come forward in the next few weeks, I believe. Do you
0: think it's going to happen before the election?
1: Well, I don't know what his scenario is, but I have to tell you, uh, it was interesting on what Kim Fox said. Uh, Even in the editorial rooms here in the Sun-Times, she had praise for Dan Webb. And then all of a sudden, out comes his report, and lo and behold, the same type of mockery that anything that goes wrong to some of these people, who do they blame? Blame Donald Trump, Comey, uh, the uh, Attorney General Barr.
0: There was something interesting. I saw an interview with Fox. She did a, you know, she's trying to do some rehabilitation interviews, and she did one with, I think it was ABC7, where she... Uh, I believe that Craig Wall said to her, were you, did you sign off on this press release blaming Comey and comparing it to Jim Comey and what he did be, uh, before the 2016 election on the Hillary Clinton emails? And she was silent. And she said it was, and first she, there was like dead air. And then she said it was my campaign as if she's not signing off on what her campaign puts out. So she's sort of trying to walk back that blaming and that name-calling of Dan Webb, which is really kind of a bizarre reaction. Do you buy the fact that she didn't sign off on that?
1: No, I I believe she did. Uh, I think most people do. I think the problem was she was caught in another lie. Uh, She couldn't tell the truth, and that's the problem with Kim Fox. What
0: was the lie there?
1: Uh, That uh, his integrity one day... I mean, sometimes when you ask somebody on the witness stand uh, to impeach them, you ask them, are you lying then or are you lying now? Did you recuse yourself then or did you recuse yourself now? Did you say this about his integrity then or are you saying he has no integrity now? And and that's how you impeach. And that's what... uh, it, I bet you that we can go through a number of these items uh, uh, on her reform agenda on who she is and what she is.
0: Do you think there were other calls other than Tina Chan in terms of people who pressured Kim Fox on Jesse Smollett on his behalf?
1: Again, uh, I'm going to be looking in, the, uh, in a crystal ball and say, hey, uh, who else called? Who else said things? But I, I think that was enough right there. It, it was enough. You don't that think it, there it, were
0: calls from others like a Valerie Jarrett, perhaps, or somebody else, somebody else with clout who uh, might have known the family. I
1: wish I have the information on that, and I know Dan Webb is looking into that. I would assume he is. Uh, so I can't. Uh, I'm not going to guess. And you know, I, I would rather not guess and, and make sure uh, without saying things because I am a lawyer and I see what happens in our communities.
0: But one of the most damaging things was that that Webb said that he challenged her office to come up with examples of people who had similarly been treated, she couldn't come up with it. Right. And that would indicate that this maybe was favored treatment.
1: Well, I I think the whole thing was favored treatment. Uh, You know, the other candidates have been uh, jumping on this uh, aspect of... uh, uh, Young Bill uh, Conway says it from day one. He's got a similar client who receives uh, some Candace, kind of treatment. I, you know, I, I, I worry about him, I mean, and his judgment uh, on his case that he has. Uh, and I know uh, Donna Moore has jumped on it too. So uh, no matter which way we look at it, it's an issue of integrity, it's an issue of transparency and it's an interest of. It's of not the just an issue of
0: transparency. There. She says, well, I didn't, I own the fact that I didn't communicate this well. I didn't have, I wasn't transparent. But is it really just that or is it more than that?
1: Oh, I, it's way much more than that. Let's not forget, the indictments then came down with 16 counts on uh, what I believe March 8th. Uh, 18 days later, maybe it was like the 22nd or 23rd, her first assistant goes on, I think he, he may have been before WGN um, or, or the Tribune, and said, we had, we had enough evidence. She went on, I, think, I believe that same day or next day, both uh, on WBEZ and the Sun-Times, we had solid evidence. And then a couple of days later, she said, well, it would have been difficult uh, to prove this case. Well, wait a minute. She was changing the narrative as she went along. Uh, it's, it's very troubling that on a celebrity status case like this, that she did her about face 101 times. Uh, but when we talk about, well, we're going to release all these uh, wrongfully convicted people, she, is, she stands solid and sure. Her attacks against the police are solid and sure, which has demoralized the police department. Her attacks really even on people in the the state's attorney's office about how she has uh, more in common with those that have gone through the criminal justice system than with the state's attorneys is belittling the fact and demoralizing to the people that are there for law enforcement, the police and states' attorneys. And you know, I have always been a person to, of inclusion, of diversity on both uh, our police department, and I've stood up often on that. And, and and as a states' attorney, I will make sure that we have a very diverse uh, states' attorney's office.
0: Now, the issue of bail reform, the Tribune shined a light on that and, and indicated that these studies that show that there's been no impact on crime are not right. What Kim Fox is an activist state's attorney who is portrayed herself as someone who is for criminal justice reform for, for really uh, focusing on violent crime, not low level crime what has really been the story here in terms of how she has raised the bar for retail theft, for example? What impact has it had? Why is the FOP so against her? Why do we see crime, violent crime, some of these very uh, brash examples uh, going up? What, what's going on out there?
1: Well, I, I think there's a feeling that uh, crime does pay and people believe it out there. And you can run into shops. Uh, I saw it happen at the Walgreens in Greektown just recently. And the cashier said, uh-oh, oh, there he goes again. Somebody stop him. And when I got up there, I was second in line. She said, uh, we can't do anything. We can't prosecute him. Uh, and he comes in here often, and he steals from us often. You know, uh, there are... Uh,
0: what, each time less than $1,000? Uh, yes, Right. Do they know, do the criminals know what she has done here in raising the bar?
1: Well, I, I think they're well aware of it. I And, you know, we can go through the narrative of other states and how high or how low uh, the, the difference between a misdemeanor and a felony is. Uh there was a report that uh, Governor Pritzker referred to that was done under uh, Governor Rauner about criminal justice reform and sentencing reform, uh, and he, re- he referenced that report in his State of the Union uh, address about a month ago. And in it, he said, we're going to take a look at all these recommendations. I think we're, we need everybody at the table. I've always said this. Uh, we need people there to talk about what should be the appropriate response. But the problem is crime is out of control here in the city of Chicago. Uh, our police officers who try to do the best they can are pushed down and, and uh, embarrassed every, each and every time. Uh, they feel like they are the ones who are handcuffed, not those that are committing the crimes. They're and,
0: handcuffed how? By who? Uh,
1: by the state's attorney's office.
0: How are they, they handcuffed they, by the state's they, attorney? They,
1: seize, uh, they will arrest somebody and charges are much lower uh, or they're, they're uh, downgraded. Uh, and people know that the revolving door that we have under our affordable bail system, uh, we, uh, as you, as we started this partial discussion here on, uh, the bail reform, Tim Evans is a good person. I like Tim, uh, or the judge, excuse me, I shouldn't be referring to him. I, uh, but as his title, but he was misguided on this. He, he was a one person show. He, he caved under pressure, uh, I believe from Tony Preckwinkle on this issue
0: and Kim Fox
1: and Kim Fox and he he gave into it. And and so here we are with this understanding at this point and, and people feel that they can go into shops. They, uh, we can't treat huge retail thefts the same way as low. We can't treat carjackers uh, the same as jaywalkers. Uh, The system needs some type of certainty here and we need to look at people with violent crime backgrounds. We shouldn't be out on the streets. Uh, Those that commit uh, domestic assault, sexual assault, uh, those that are felons that have a long rap sheet uh, with guns, those are the people that we should not be letting out uh, on affordable bail aspects.
0: You're saying the pendulum has swung too far in the other direction.
1: I'd say way too far, way too far. we, we is that a
0: bigger issue than Jesse Smollett? Because the Jesse Smollett thing is kind of a – there's a difference between how black and white voters view it. I think I think white voters maybe are a little more outraged by it. And uh, it's not as important in areas where there's really bad crime, really I wish bad that was, crime. I
1: wish your analysis was true. I ride. Uh, you the don't bus. think so? You don't think the there's a split the between how often.
0: how important the Jesse Smollett issue is to voters? I
1: I, I believe it's important to all voters. Um, I, re, I I take the uh, 126 Jackson bus, which goes to Austin. I, I pick it up near the Sears Tower, uh, go and I get left off near Ashland, and I listen to people on that bus that stop me and talk to me about it. And they say she must go. And they're African Americans uh, that are saying this. Because any belief in our criminal justice system was destroyed by her preferential treatment of Jesse Smollett. It showed that even if you're black, you get a better treatment if you're rich.
0: And with regard to, let's talk about the homicide clearance rate. Frank made of our paper did a story that indicates that the improvements in the homicide clearance rates are really not what they appear because 25 percent of the time the cases are closed because the state's attorney's office tells the police you don't have enough evidence.
1: Right. And, and why
0: is that happening?
1: Well, the, there is some mythical case that she has said that's created this on DNA. Uh, I've talked to a number of judges, number of attorneys, they don't know what, and states attorneys and um, public defenders and private defenders, and they don't know what case she's referring to. So if you clear a case uh, based upon something that's not true and you don't have enough evidence, uh, then I think we have problems here. Uh, And the problems result from uh, what, what is not enough evidence? Uh, where do we go? It means that they're not willing to take a stand on the harder cases that are out there.
0: So you think the fault is hers, not with the police? I mean, you could argue that perhaps the police are under pressure to lower, to clear more cases because the city is embarrassed. So they're rushing cases that maybe don't have the evidence. You're saying that the problem is on, on the state's attorney's end?
1: I, I, yes, it is. What's uh, the problem?
0: I, I, what are they doing?
1: I, I think their failure... To charge cases where there is enough evidence, uh, you ha- you know let's let's face facts. You have to look at a case. Uh, you arrest somebody. You have to have a probable cause hearing within the forty eight hours. You have to have uh, another hearing for bail after that. Uh, there are ways to deal with these cases, and it's surprising that uh, on on that story that there was a rush to judgment and say, well, we're clearing all these cases, all of a sudden it bounces up to from fifteen 15% percent to fifty some percent who's kidding who on the clearance rate and the and and the criminals keep going through a revolving door 26 in california uh after they're uh setting affordable bail or no bail or low bail Uh, The people of this city and county, let's not forget, we have about 200 plus police departments that need to have uh, uh, and need to have understanding. They work with our citizens. They work with our people. But the problem is when you have affordable bail, that that you're a witness to a serious crime. uh, And all of a sudden you see the offender who you've just uh, said to the police officers, that was the one. And he's back out in the street tomorrow. It breaks down any commun- uh, communication and trust with our Chicago Police Department.
0: Has she so demoralized the police that they're not trying as hard out there? Well, because I, I mean, if you if you arrest somebody and they they're back on the street tomorrow, or uh, they don't get charged at all, does that isn't that demoralizing to the point of not? Maybe laying back some no, and not I, being aggressive? You no know,
1: I, I talk to detectives. Uh, I talk to uh, uh, the guys and gals in blue. I, I listen to them. They, they're they doing their job uh, no matter what. But they know that even if, when they arrest somebody, they'll be, probably be back out on the street within a few hours. They know that. But they're going to keep doing their job. And uh, I am surprised at how hard they fight.
0: Uh, we saw another mass exoneration hours before the Smollett indictment movement was announced. This has been a hallmark of Kim Fox's tenure. Uh, you don't have a problem with that, do you? Uh, Ronald Watts ran a terror ring. Anything he touches has got to be wiped off the books, right?
1: Well, there are issues on how people were arrested. Uh, how people uh, were charged, how people uh, stood trial. I mean, if anybody is um, uh, putting anybody behind bars on on, uh, uh, lies and misstatements, then uh, those people are the ones that should be paying the tab for the people of uh, of our city and our county.
0: So you don't have a problem with what she's done there? Because that's well, been a hallmark for her.
1: I, I, I am not saying, you know, i fought for those that have been wrongfully in prison. I, I sued the governor uh, and the comptroller over issues of not paying for those that have been wrongfully incarcerated. Uh, I have done those that are necessary for people that are truly wrongfully convicted. And I don't know of every case. I haven't analyzed every case, uh, and so I can see things that could be wrong in her uh, totality, but I would keep that uh, type of unit going. Uh, I talked I talk to police officers, in fact, in the last month, probably uh, seven or eight different times, I've heard it from different groups saying, we do not want to imprison somebody wrongfully. We want to have a good case against that person. We want to make sure it's a good case. These are some of them are retired. Some of them are active. Some of them are with suburban police departments. They are truly committed to doing a good job, a faithful job to their uh, by upholding the Constitution of the Illinois and a Constitution of the United States.
0: How do you feel about the reorganization of the police department, which is a massive one that has been ordered by interim superintendent Beck? And who do you think ought to be? His replacement.
1: Well, that's a good question on the replacement. Uh, uh, Thanks for throwing that one out. Um, I would prefer somebody that has an understanding of the streets, uh, that comes from Chicago, uh, that understands the county and uh, and understands the region. Who? Um, Who in
0: that who in that police department where the ranks are quite thin?
1: Well. Uh, no, I, I think there are good people there. But, you know, we have four nominees right now. Uh, one Only
0: one from Chicago, and he's, he's, he's made a meteoric rise and hasn't really gone past. Uh,
1: well, uh, I don't know who all the other ones had applied for the job. Uh, I think a lot of people know that this is a much more political city than any of the other cities. Uh, and it probably people hesitated on uh, making the application here. Uh, at the same time, we have the outside consultant from LA. Uh, he has Sean been John
0: Melanowski, who has he, been here, who has been a consultant a
1: f- and, here, and, a, and who a knows the LA of system that Beck put yes. in place,
0: and a friend of his. Yes, you think the inside track is for him?
1: I think it may be. I'm looking hmm. at it, and uh, uh, you know he'd have to take a pay cut on what he's doing right now.
0: Can Mayor Lightfoot get away with naming a white superintendent?
1: Well, given the way the city council is. Uh given the way of what happens, I think the answer is yes. So uh, You think she can? Yeah, I think uh, given we have a very compliant, even though we have a lot of voices uh, in that city council, uh, they're still very compliant to what the mayor says and what the mayor wants.
0: How is your health? You suffered from uh, cancer of the tonsils, a rare form of it. You had, a, I think it was stage four, right?
1: Stage four, yes. So
0: how are you now? How many surgeries? Where are you right now?
1: I, I'm in very good health. Uh, I make You sure. have had
0: a lot of surgeries. How many?
1: Uh, I Well, and they were all... After the fact, uh, related to the treatment, uh, related to the feeding How tube. many
0: has it? What's the number uh, Probably in
1: 12, 13. 12
0: surgeries. Yeah. For what? Uh,
1: some of them were for uh, hernias that resulted. I, I have no. I really have no body fat, so below 65, it's it's. I'm in the Antarctic. Above 75, I'm in the Sierra Desert. Uh, so I dress accordingly. I eat accordingly. I watch my health. Don't forget, I've been an advocate for people to have good, solid health care uh, and making sure that people go to their doctors. Um, I can probably do cartwheels and almost backflips right now. I'm in very good health. I'm probably in,
0: how did the experience change you?
1: Well, you know, it, it gave me a greater empathy for those that are hit with uh, something beyond their control. Uh, it also affected me, uh, despite the fact that I had a Cadillac insurance policy. Uh, I had a my bills total almost a 160000 dollars wow. outside that I paid off uh last month really wow uh, and I have to go to a dentist every six mo- uh six weeks to make sure my teeth and uh are in good order
0: still and, no salivary glands really
1: uh, well yeah, did what
0: did salivary glands were damaged or
1: uh, oh, they were they were compromised beyond. Uh, so, does
0: that mean can you taste food or?
1: Oh yes, that's one good thing. I remember sitting with uh, uh, a congressman uh, who of Chicago who basically had the same kind of. Um, uh, issues and he said uh, we were ordering some food I know who was going to pay on the lower level and we were talking about our experiences and he's ordering all kinds of food and I'm just and this is I still had I think the feeding tube in and I was eating drinking broth and it, and um, he says I can't taste anything I was like oh wait a minute here we'll change you can have my broth and I'll have what you're ordering so I've been very lucky in that respect.
0: Yeah, well, I wish you the best of health and good luck in this campaign. I, I wonder if you'll get on the air. Probably not, right?
1: Well, we're, we are just about ready to get on the air. Oh, you really? Uh, so okay. So we're going to be filming some things. Uh, all right. In well, the next well few we look weeks. forward
0: to seeing those commercials, Bob. For you, ready? Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you all next week.